Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. All right, we're live. Today we're live on LinkedIn, live on YouTube. Welcome to another episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. Today I have a special guest, Mark Weber. Mark, thanks so much for for coming on with us. I know you're all the way in California, Silicon Valley, I believe. That's right. Good to uh, be here, Kevin. And thanks for the invitation. Yes, sir. So I've looked into you, of course, a little bit and looked at your firm and your background, obviously before inviting you on the show here. And a really cool background, a little bit different and something that I think is uh, probably going to be huge, if not already, but uh, more in the future too. So give us a little bit of background about yourself, a little bit personal, you know, where you're from, maybe where you end up where you are, and uh, then we'll get into some business questions about the firm and and, and take it from there. Yeah, well, thanks very much. So yeah, I am the uh, US managing partner for Field Fisher. Slightly strange background, as you say, because I've managed to uh, end up in California in the heart of Silicon Valley as a technology and privacy lawyer, but uh, practicing UK European law. I'm not a, not a US lawyer, although I spend my life here as a part of a uh, as a part of a firm so yeah quite a distinct background really Kevin because of that and I think some of that is down to timing I qualified as a lawyer in 99 having trained for two years with a business in Europe called Osborne Clark and at that point it was dot com and as a junior lawyer not many technology lawyers out there but I knew a bit of contract and I knew a bit of IP so I just got thrown into to dot com dot com collapsed uh, the firm I was with had an office in Silicon Valley which they'd opened in 2000. So not really knowing what to do with me, they sent me out to Silicon Valley and I had three and a half years out here on the West Coast. Uh, Loved it, went home, spent another 10 years or so in London, uh, practicing as enterprise software, outsourcing, increasingly cloud and e-commerce. But at at that point, I had made partner and got approached by Field Fisher, who were also starting to build an office in Silicon Valley, saying, I guess that was the end of 2013, saying, hey, Mark, do you want to come and join us, move to Silicon Valley and help us grow our office? And it was one of those offers that you don't get many times. You know, am I going to move myself and my family from London to the US? I'd done it before, loved it. So moved seven and a half years later, still here. So um, it was very different, Kevin, in some ways. Yeah, not that US lawyer. I actually practice in California as a foreign legal consultant with a Cal Bar. So I'm allowed to practice my home law from the UK and Europe, but uh, I'm uh, I'm not dabbling with US stuff, just killing the time zone to be close to clients. And that's really the USP for our office. Uh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. And you know, you said on a personal level, on a personal level, that's the you know the main attraction of being in California. I'm, uh, yeah, I would far rather be outdoors. So mountain biking, skiing, backcountry skiing, camping, backcountry camping, messing around on paddle boards, messing around in kayak, climbing hills, a little <laughs> bit of mountaineering. I've been um, gradually scaling a few peaks, having done Shasta, a couple of the main volcanic peaks in Mexico, getting to just over 17,500 feet and a couple of tours in the Himalayas. So a bit of mountaineering in the background when I I find the time. That is awesome. I love it. So I would aspire to do that, I think, one day. I I go backpacking and camping. Just got to fly fishing 
gear set, which I've never done. So I'm going to be doing that in the next week. Surf, kayak, just started getting the mountain biking. I got some young kids and got my son a mountain bike. So we're nothing big at this point, but yeah, that's awesome. I love all these yeah. things. So Sounds like you need to move to California. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Is there a spot in that office there? I can work in there. Yeah, I'm sure we can fit you in. <laughs> yeah. So that's really cool. So we share a lot of uh, interests there and uh, yeah, also snowboard, but uh, I grew up surfing pretty much my whole life too. So, so really cool. Um, California is a great place for that. To the business side, the firm itself, uh, and I know the, the firm is large, international firm. Uh, I saw uh, about 25 offices in, in 11 countries. That's right. So, yeah. And I know there's, uh, I, I believe there's four kind of sectors you guys mainly focus on, but I guess if you were to kind of give us a quick summary of, you know, what, what the firm does, what it's known for, what's your expert, what's the primary expertise of the firm? You know, again, I know you guys handle a lot. There's yeah. like a, a search function for all the practice areas you cover, but um, I guess just give us the, the short end of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, so Phil Fisher, uh, almost 200 years old and you know, has, has grown from a very different beast into what it is today. Um, today, I think you know, in, you know, if I wanted people to think about us, I think they would think of a firm that does Europe well. So businesses that are growing, scaling, trading, looking to build a presence or grow their presence in Europe, then we look to solve that yeah, for them. And whether that's corporate, you know, acquisitions, funding, IPO, uh, litigation, contractual kind of issues, closing revenue deals, employment, all those kind of core things that businesses need to grow, really, Kevin. But with that focus on, on Europe. And yeah, we've got financial services practice, life sciences practice, very strong technology practice. Uh, the thing that was most appealing to me when I joined, um, you know, maybe a market leading, but it's certainly one of the largest uh, privacy practices in Europe. And um, in a technology space where I'm uh, I'm practicing and I've practiced all, all my life, it's a blend of IP, contract and regulatory. And increasingly that regulatory for many, many technology businesses been bumping against uh, you know, the regulation around the use of data. And uh, the platform that it gave me and our office here and the rest of the team here yeah, has been really fundamental to what we're trying to do in the States and what we're trying to build from now as we've uh, kind of you know, put our roots down and built a small presence here. So. Well, that's, uh, I mean, so almost, you said 200 years old or over 200 years old. That's quite a long haul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been a, been a while, but it, you know, in some ways as ever, it's probably the last 25 years that defines the firm, but it's nice to have some history. Yeah, so the, the firm I was with the last time, I could argue predated the American constitution. I can't quite say that about uh, Field Fisher, but they've definitely definitely been around for a while. Didn't Not make it easy. <laughs> didn't, didn't make it easy to get any kind of credit or establish a bank account here because all that's worthless when you move in from uh, from overseas. But uh, yeah, it's yeah, all all part of uh, the challenges of a managing partner. We're negotiating all kinds of different obstacles and trying to do our day job. So. Awesome. All right. Well, let's jump in a little bit different question here. So obviously, COVID changed a lot of things last year. Uh, how how did you guys quickly adapt to that? Was it uh, no big deal or man? Uh, we have a lot of changes to make to uh, to keep yeah. things. Well, I, I mean, it was definitely a surprise. And I'm actually sitting in an office, which I kind of come back to occasionally, longingly. We're still not technically back in the office in, in California. So it's been over a year that we've been out. Um, I think we were lucky as a as an entire firm, but also for my office. You know, one, the team here has always been very agile. And you know, the point of coming all the way from Europe is to be close to our clients. So we were always working you know, from different uh locations, uh, going out to see clients, being on the ground with them. So, you know, it, there could be days on end when I wasn't in the office and other team members were. We might be off to New York, we might be into Atlanta, down to San Jose. So, you know, we were, we were agile and mobile and our technology 
technology worked. So one of the best things about going away um, from the office was we could rely on our technology and we all had a, a, a way of engaging with that. We weren't really an office built on presenteeism. It was an office based, based on function and relationships. So you know, to some extent, we all went home and did what we always did. That's not to say it's been plain sailing and there's an awful lot I miss about being in the office and being with the team. There's an awful lot, I think, that more junior members lose from not being in an office and not being a part of a team. I've got yeah, whiteboards behind me with ideas that we were thrashing out a year ago and it's, I almost keep it there without wiping it down as a bit of a memorial to what, yeah, the power that we did have when we were thinking in combination. Um, yes, we use Zoom. Yes, we use you know, blue jeans and lots of other kind of collaboration tools, but there, it isn't the same as being around each other and kind of feeding off each other and building our, our team spirit. So we, we've survived, but it hasn't been perfect, Kevin. Yeah. So I just to add to that, we, um, we're kind of in the same boat. We know when I was building my firm, my company, I had, I experienced good growth and established our culture by getting my first office and uh, have had many offices since that first office. But while other companies I've had or have, you say, yeah, we don't need an office for that. It doesn't make sense. But I know for like, you know, Array Digital, this is my main, my main focus, my main company. We have, you know, experienced all the good things that off the office has brought and the, the culture we could not have built via just Zoom, I don't think. Um, so we have this office. Uh, right now, it's just me in here. I think my business partner's already uh, had to go to an appointment. So uh, we got a pretty big space here. It's just me sitting here. And so we definitely want to come back and we're going to keep it. And we've debated, do we keep the office? Do we get rid of it? And, you know, we we kind of see the same point. Like we have stuff on the walls. We have uh, like almost like a glass wall, kind of like behind you, but we write on that and, and we brainstorm and we sit around the table. And, and yeah, I, th- I also think there's some distractions in the office that, you know, you have to kind of manage. And then there's commute, of course, uh, which you could debate costs you time. and But you just don't get those same type of creative meetings and brainstormings that you would otherwise. Yeah. No, you, you, you really don't. And, you know, in the last year, we've been very fortunate. It's been a very buoyant market and a lot of businesses have turned to technology and those clients that we support. So, you know, utilization's up. We're going to beat the numbers on last year. Uh, but it, has it necessarily been fun doing it? No, because, you know, being with people, I sort of said, the you know, I could do my job in London and I did do this job in London, but it was hard because it really started at 5 p.m. Uh, and then <laughs> clients would kind of, you know, start calling. But the, the real difference and the differentiator is actually to be able to go and see them to have a you know go meet with the engineers after sharing a LaCroix or whatever's you know free from the fridge and uh, we you know we sit down we noodle over problems we learn their technology and pick it up pick it apart so it's a it's a very hands-on practice that we've got and you know keeping those clients keeping engaged with those we have relationships with has you know become very different in a in, a, in an online world also I, I was incredibly fortunate when I was a junior lawyer that I had a lot of senior people that gave me a lot of time whether it was you know, sitting me alongside them, drafting a document, explaining why they're doing something, whether they were yeah, taking mentors. a break to meet. Yeah, mentors. Some of them are still mentors today, I'll say. Um, uh, but also, you know, saying, OK, we're going to go to, you know, going to go to China. We're going to find out what it's like. You know, should we open office in China? And then you sit next to someone for 10 hours and you learn and you talk about their family and you build relationships, which are very different to those that you build on Zoom. Um, uh, our team, I don't you know if I suggested another virtual happy hour right now, I think they'd probably kill 
kill me. We're we're done with that kind of hanging out artificially together. Uh, there's something something lost from from interacting and being human with each other. I think not to say we'll be back in the office fully, and I'm sure the way we work will change. You know, we've had one colleague who's had a fantastic time working from San Diego, then LA, then Palm Springs, then Utah, then Tahoe. Brilliant. He's still a perfect member of the team. He's adjusted his day. He makes sure you know he works as hard as ever. But um, if he wants to continue doing some of that, maybe he will. And so you know, there are you know it's opened our eyes to some new ways of working. And I think if I look at the firm in Europe that was perhaps more traditional, more desk based at times, I'm sure there's going to be some big transformations in the way they work and adapt. And and it also the way we've been you know re-signing leases and looking at the way we might grow going forward as well. So yep, similar here. You know I think we've kind of looked at that too. And you know we have I think I have employees in four or five I think five states. And so some will never be physically here in the one building we have. Doesn't really make sense to open an office where one or two people are. So we have some people that, you know, they'll always be remote and that's fine. We are considering though some of the key leadership, you know, working out of here. So if we hired someone from California that was key member, like a C-level, you got to you gotta come on over and, and be here. So yeah. um, so I think yeah, that's yeah. something we're, we're kind of thinking of like a hybrid model, you know, going forward. And, and it doesn't require as much space. I don't know what it's going to do for the commercial real estate space, but I'm sure a lot of people are having similar conversations. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, just just talking around with clients, that's the big unknown. And you know, I think actually, I'm even detecting the market shifting. I think probably two months, three months ago, I'd have said businesses aren't going back. You're beginning to hear more pressure to be back in the office and a little bit, you know, less ambition to be entirely remote or entirely distributed. Um, and I'm definitely working with a couple of general counsel who, you know, have felt the pain of distributed workforces as they're suddenly looking at potential tax presence in Colombia because a senior engineer is now working from there and IP protection coming out of Brazil because suddenly they've got development code being built there. There's, you know, there are you know, other complications from expanding your footprint. But I think for us, you know, it's very hard to hire um, because we need you know, European lawyers in the US, good European lawyers and European lawyers that have the ability to practice in the US, which is another you know, kind of twist. So if we can look beyond Silicon Valley and maybe build some of our team out um, in other places, you know, certainly with California first, but we may look to other uh, other areas and the discussions about should we open in Seattle, should we open in New York might become moot if uh, we have a more distributed workforce because maybe that hub and spoke model might work for where, you know my small team and what we're trying to do here as a team. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I was talking to a, a law firm client, I think it was this week. They're, they're a smaller firm, more of a local firm to hear us over here on this side of the country in Virginia. Yeah. And uh, I asked them, hey, uh, when did you guys come back to the office? And they said, we never left the office. <laughs> So, so through COVID, they just all continued to still come to the office and took whatever precautions. And they just they it wasn't even in like their mind that they would leave completely. So, so I, I have heard that too. Uh, whereas yeah. you know we were remote instantaneously overnight, so without even thinking about it. So yeah, 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 it's funny. But there are some things. I mean, I mean, one thing that makes me laugh in America still is how the insistence in paying everything by check. You know, what's wrong with what's wrong with an online bank transfer? And we're gradually nudging our clients to. Did and some I don't, but there is still a barrage of checks coming through the door. You need a post box and someone to pick it up and someone to walk them to the bank. You know, there are there are some things of the financial system that mean some kind of office is necessary. Add to that our IT, where we, we did look at, uh, we renewed our lease during uh, the time that, that we've been out in COVID. And when we were deciding should we, shouldn't we, one of the big questions, we've, we've got a server footprint here because that deals with our latency, that deals with some of our communications to our, our back office in Europe. And, you know, yes, we could have put that somewhere 
warehouse in the cloud, but uh, the advantage of having some of our own technology in the office, maintaining remote yeah, laptops and maintenance. Most of my IT, all of our IT support and teams are in Europe supporting our office. So the fact they can put a laptop on a network, yeah, run some diagnostics, do some updates um, has been very useful. I've got a, yeah, my laptop that I'm talking to you now has got you know about half an hour of battery life when I take it off the dock. So I'm having <laughs> another one built in the room next door, but that wouldn't be possible without an office. We'd be yeah, mailing laptops and doing all kinds of crazy things and finding out they're not properly configured. So there are, there are definitely some practical advantages to being here as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, okay, so change it up a little bit. What you know? What trends do you potentially see in the, the marketplace or with laws or with whatever that's going on that you really see in the next, let's just say, it could be one year, five years. Uh, what's, uh, you know, it can be a positive or it can be negative, but what you, is there anything you're seeing yeah. that would affect your business in a negative or positive way that's kind of outside your control? Yeah. So, I mean, let's take it you know, down to a more micro level and my own. <laughs> yeah, I'm crypto still, I'm, and yeah, all those yeah, sorts of things. I, yeah. I'm still a practicing lawyer and I roll my sleeves up and I, you know, I, I still get my hours down every day. And that's in a world of technology, uh, primarily cloud SaaS and ad tech businesses. As I've mentioned earlier, a number of them that have enabled lockdown, but I'm, I'm very bullish about the, the space that I'm in, partly because of the, the number of companies and the, you know, the sort of strength of them economically, but also, you know, I help navigate data use, personal data use. And you know, the real boom to our local office here was the GDPR and European uh, regulation around data. California has been kind of coming on fast now. Canada is making changes. Australia, India has new changes. China does. And because we've become a trusted uh, sort of team for handling data and we understand GDPR, the fact that we've been doing data for a long time uh, means that all these new laws, you know, we're in a position now where you can't look at every law and comply with every law unless you're an enormous business. So there's quite a lot of aggregation and benchmarking and setting your own standards. And I think, you know, that's something we're really placed, we're really well placed to help clients with uh, because of that background expertise. And, you know, there is too much privacy law, let alone thinking about digital services regulation and e-commerce platforms and AI regulation and uh, you know, the various risks and rewards around machine learning. It's, it's all kind of the perfect storm of activity. Um, it's almost the case of, you know, we, we can't hire fast enough to kind of support some of that at the moment, which is crazy. So I think, I, personally, I think the five-year outlook it, on that micro level is fantastic um, for you know what we've built out. And, and I suspect we can come on to what, what else I would like to do with the office and what our plans are. But on a more macro level, I think for law firms, you know, law firms have realized the importance of technology by going remote, but law firms aren't good users of technology in my view. You know, we're very much <laughs> trapped in our, in our words and our emails. I've been campaigning for Slack. I've been very interested in different cloud platforms. We use there Slack. Are, yeah. Oh, I mean, great. Slack would be amazing. And I use Slack with clients when they let me in. And now and again, clients are so fed up with our technology, they just send me their laptop. And I have had situations with six laptops along my desk kind of moving between, oh, I've got to talk to these, I've got to talk to these. But, you know, <laughs> we, you know, there's, yeah, of course we have to protect data. And of course we've got a lot of obligations around the data that we protect and we're cautious with what we open up. But law firms 
across the globe have got to you know, adapt more uh, and realize um, how much power there is in the kind of the knowledge you can leverage and uh, you know the sort of the daily routine which you could just remove uh, by using technology in a more you know, in a smarter way. And, uh, and although that's been talked about 10 years, I really don't see many doing that. Some useful client tools here and there, but it's uh, it's not something which has really been all that pervasive. Um, we you know we're now in the cloud and and have a uh, you know good remote kind of computing platform, but in terms of tools that our lawyers use day to day, there's still a lot of a lot we could do, and definitely more others can do as well. So I think that's the uh, that's where we'll see some winners and losers, uh, and that's perhaps where scale helps. But also I see you know some of the solo practices and smaller firms we work with, they you know it's much easier for them to spin up a small billing platform or put something yep. in. So actually that the agility of being small is you know is opening uh, other opportunities up, which you know maybe uh, us as larger law firms can't you know, kind of deal with. That's, 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 a good that's point. one of the biggest yeah. challenges. Hmm. Yeah, for a firm your size to spin up something new or add a new system could take a long time. Oh, yeah. Versus yeah. A, a small firm is you know yeah we'll we'll have that thing set up tomorrow. Let's go. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Just keeping you know we're not about to hit uh, hit max or something like that. There's a lot of there's a lot of technology redundancy and a lot of good technology would be thrown out of the door. But it's a uh, it's slow and steady and takes a and does take a while um, for sure. Uh, luckily, you know, with the ubiquity of some of these platforms, some clients open up their platforms to us and that's a you know some real benefits you know we use some we use the atlassian confl- uh, sort of confluence platform sharing data running wikis there are some you know that we do have some good uses of technology but um every time we see a new one you're like oh if only we could do that <laughs> so, <laughs> new shiny objects yeah yeah for sure yeah and it's not you know sometimes it's good to be an early adopter but some you know sometimes it's good to hold off and, and yeah. wait to see how things pan out it's funny i was talking a very new firm earlier today and i think she started the firm about the end of 2019 so almost start of the pandemic but they were doing it they they were business law and they also did some more like family estate planning law but they're really small but they were doing things that other firms won't do like they set up to answer phones in the evenings and they're getting a lot of calls it in the evenings where other firms are they're shut down they're done for the day they're doing like flat rate instead of so they're they're just doing things different but they're small and they can kind of do whatever they want but they're finding a lot of success yeah being a disruptor more or less they're doing yeah. something that the other ones won't and uh, I thought that was really cool and they're virtual because their company started in the midst of the pandemic so they they really are built for that and I thought that was kind of cool too yeah yeah and I think some of it comes down to the person right Kevin there are good use of technology good users of technology and bad and you know, we had a practice management system rollout it wasn't the smoothest it would it definitely had some glitches and we were an earlier adopter of that but um you know after six months it was working but it wasn't working for our business because users hadn't learned they didn't take time out of their days they didn't adapt they went back to doing what they knew and uh, you've got to you know there are you know, different sort of pockets of population you've got to uh, attack and work with and while I might be very excited to have mobile time recording others you know struggle to even log into their app so uh, it's uh, it you know it takes everybody to kind of tango on things like that I don't know how many times we've implemented something and everybody's like yeah we're going to do this and we want this thing and you know getting everyone to actually like take it in and actually use it and making it part of their day uh, can be quite challenging so yeah. uh, it's yeah. always like yeah we got this new thing and no one's using it and we don't need it now and you know going yeah. back later to, to cut that expense so yeah yeah and we get pulled in different directions of the way we interoperate i mean i 
you know, talking to our, our billing teams, I think we have to interface with about 45 different billing systems and billing software solutions, a number of which charge us for the privilege of, of using them. So, you know, I'm when sure. big client X says, hey, yeah, come use this, we're like, oh, great. That's another sort of, you know, few thousand a year just to run your software. And, you know, we, we've got a couple, I've got an amazing billing specialist who knows their way around all of that. But it's, um, it's, uh, it, you know, it's an art. And actually, it's, an, it, you know, supporting those kind of things across different platforms it's a whole new career it's a role that we wouldn't have had three or four years ago now we've got two or three people and um sort of often doing that you gotta get you gotta collect the money somehow so you gotta oh yeah <laughs> what you gotta do are you taking bitcoin yet <laughs> uh well uh, fu- it's funny you say that i have yeah i probably won't admit to all my partners a little a few years ago we refused bitcoin uh, and an offer to pay i'm sure we would have just burnt it and uh, and spent it early so i don't think we'd have been sitting on that bitcoin now but um i am as you mentioned it having a look at how we might get paid in crypto within the next next little while because we have had a handful of requests and i think it's the future so um we're, we're definitely not there yet but it's not uh, it's not completely out of the question i'll say that kevin so um yeah. and uh and you know the um, there's a stack of bitcoin research sitting on the uh well crypto research on the back of uh, my desk here because actually our you know even though when bitcoin sort of seen as a sort of store of value and there's a lot of speculation there's a lot of smart contract a lot of trust different applications of ai being built on top of that so actually my reading list and my learning this year is quite how some of those chains work how trusted finance is going to be built and there's quite a lot of picking around on some of that because if you've got an immutable ledger it's brilliant but that also means you can't delete your data and it also means you can't honor some of your some of the rules so we we'll have some client challenges in that area and uh, it'll become a very specialist area and probably an area where we'll have to start partnering with privacy engineers and other technologists as well just to do our job i'd imagine so yeah all, all very interesting to kind of see where that goes and and how that plays out i i don't think it's going anywhere i know uh, i guess the biggest threat to it all is uh the the u.s government uh oh, yeah. wanting yeah well, threats yeah. of capital gains today and you've seen the prices crumble. <laughs> so <laughs> yep i got my my ethereum's looking pretty good right now so yeah yeah but, that's uh, <laughs> that's it i i'm i'm pleased i've got a few of them but i've also got a few that have tanked so uh, we're we're all we're all experimenting and learning and it's part of that and uh but i would you know anyone who's suddenly pricking up a, a bit of interest do your research and realize it is the most complicated thing on the planet it isn't you know there's no such thing as free money headline <laughs> so yeah yeah well yeah interesting to see where all that goes so uh you know for the firm and I, i'm not sure if how to ask this but what are big future plans what are, are the growth plans of the firm are you know it sounds like you're going to be hiring quite a lot and and trying to navigate that but is there any kind of thing you can share i guess with yeah. okay, initiatives, yeah. things that you guys are trying to accomplish in the yeah. next five so, years. In a, you know, our mantra is still do Europe well. We're you know, Although we're in the US, we're not about doing US law. We're not competing with US law firms out here. So uh, the office that I'm in is going to, yeah, will remain relatively small, partly because we can't grow, because we can't you know, find the lawyers to come here and practice. Um, <laughs> so we will need to leverage them uh, around the globe. Some of the, the Phil Fisher Europe plans are, you know, we've expanded out you mentioned we've got 11 uh we're you know 24 offices in 11 countries you know we've grown well um we've probably got the footprint we need we need to get that footprint integrated and working well together there's a lot of partners that you know haven't met in the last year still new partners coming in a great tech partner in spain who i've been working with i've never met we've not cooperated we've not talked about who you know which clients we know and leveraging each other so i think there's a there's a lot of working together as a, as a firm i don't see you know huge plans to 
to you know build out and open many more offices or you know run and take on Asia or LATAM or anything like that. We know what we want to do uh, and grow from that. Now, from here, where I'm running the office, we've got a very strong tech and privacy practice and some fantastic client relationships. What we realize is we can serve those clients in more areas. We can already do that in Phil Fisher in Europe, but we don't have the people on the ground to talk to them to make the introduction. So expanding our corporate conversations and our M&A support, we've got an employment lawyer now and an sort of employment and HR practice, which is really growing. So, you know, talking to the service lines that we have, talking somewhat to the sectors that we have. So we don't have life sciences specialism out here. And that was a real priority for what we'd look to do. And then making this office representative of our European footprint. So we've got quite a few UK uh, lawyers here, um, in part because the visa system has been more friendly for bringing out UK lawyers. Uh, but we, um, we've got a Spanish lawyer, we've got a French lawyer, we've had a German, he went home, still works very closely with us, but I, we would love a German on the, on the ground here. So, you know, so having that focus, so you know, a lot of it is about displacing time zone. Somebody phones at 4pm this afternoon, wants to buy a company in Spain, I want a Spanish lawyer there to talk to them just to give the confidence, keep people moving. We'll, yeah, we'll pick it up with a proper call with Barcelona or Madrid on Monday. So it's, uh, it, you know, it's about replicating what we have at home, not you know, necessarily becoming a, a big office. We have our ambition and um, and I think the decentralization that we talked about earlier will help us grow a little bit more, but it's um, yeah, still an exciting time. And and, it, and as much as anything, let's do you know, good work, enjoy it and enjoy being a team. We've got, we've been able to build something from the base up, hire people we like, have a you know good community. And we're, you know, it's a, it's a very different you know, position to be in being able to build something yeah, from scratch. And one of my big tests when I'm hiring is you know, back in, you know, back when we did travel, can I sit for six hours next to this person on a plane? You know, <laughs> there's one thing sometimes sharing an office or a corridor with some colleagues, but if you're sat next to them, then you've got to arrive in a hotel, have dinner and spend the next day with a client. Believe me, <laughs> you want to make sure you, you've got the right person because uh, uh, I think we all have colleagues we don't want to sit next to on a plane. And uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, a, a six hour interview. <laughs> well, yeah, very much so. <laughs> very much so. Uh, but uh, well, yeah, it's a, an experience. So yeah, I think we, we, we definitely know what we're trying to do. We were, we managed to make up partners from this office now, which was my first objective to grow organically to you know bring a bring a partner through from a junior lawyer. We've got another one which is well on track and uh, a lateral hire which we're working on at the moment, which you know hopefully will become partner level within a within a year. So that was a very early goal uh, that we'd set ourselves. Let's you know be mature enough to build partners. Now it's um, a little bit more ambitious. Let's you know be more than privacy. Let's uh, be more than technology and you know start to talk to you know the, the, some of the other things that our clients are doing in Europe and and we support but you know engaging from this you know this place and, and to moving forward with it. So, Excellent, yeah. I love it. Um, yeah, with hiring, yeah, you got to be very selective and <laughs> and who's going to be hanging out with you all day? Uh, you should say, are you an outdoorist? Because if so, you're in. Yeah, yeah, I can. I, well, it, it's it's funny. We've got a good mix of people. We've definitely got people who we get on with here that aren't in the outdoors. It's uh, but it does take a certain type of mix, and I think. It's it's uh, yeah. for some looking in they uh, I think we look relatively scary to them thinking well that's not what I'm used to and that's probably the vibe that we're trying to, to trying to get some of the time anyway so but you know at its heart good lawyers because good lawyers builds customer trust clients love us and um, yeah that's the way to more work and continuing the work we've got and that's a you know, very very important thing as well oh yeah absolutely okay well that leads to my final question really you know obviously you have great lawyers you're good at what 
you do. You've been around a long time. You got a you know a long-standing you know, firm. Hmm. What what do you guys you know? So what have you done to get yourself in the marketplace to to pick up new clients? Marketing, uh, advertising. Is it or is it you know? Is each lawyer kind of got to go get their own business and make their own connections? Uh, what have you guys done that's really so, you know, made you guys successful? Yeah, no advertising. But yeah, um, and and we very much work as a team. And then, and if you're not prepared to kind of work as a team, they won't be joining us in Silicon Valley because we're, uh, you know, we're very kind of team oriented. In fact, to the point we kind of we don't have any kind of you know individual remuneration for winning clients and things like that because it you know just sort of starts people competing against each other. Um, so you know, we've been been quite careful on that. The now I mentioned trust. An awful lot of our work just comes from trust. The you know just look our financial year. Is the end of this month and I was just looking at work that's come in this year which has been slightly different because of COVID but you know it's about 85% word of mouth introduction so referrals you know people who've moved oh we really enjoyed working with Field Fisher I'm now here or somebody's you know stuck on a privacy issue and you know a somebody puts in a chat blog or um, you know online oh have you you tried the team over at Field Fisher I've got a colleague Felicity Fisher no no name relation to the original founders (laughs) Um, but yeah, she's name checked all over the place. She's had a fantastic year. She, oh. you know, she's the new partner that we made up two years ago. Um, so you know, very organic in that way, Kevin. And building on our knowledge, we've got our own successful webinar program, which is you know, incredibly well attended. And then we get out and speak. You know, speaking about what we know, showing that we can be pragmatic and we understand the law. It, it does help. You know, we're talking about European issues. We're not just another American lawyer in an American, you know, market. So we are different. Sometimes that means we're not understood, and we can spend 40 minutes only to sort of like, yeah, but we can't do that because that's US M&A or that's US, uh, you know, IP or something like that. But um, you know, it's it's been surprisingly easy, um, partly fueled by European regulatory change as well, which is kind of the gift that keeps giving. Um, you know, there's too much to do. So you know. I I think I'm somewhat embarrassed that it's um, been as ad hoc as it has been, but it has been very successful. Uh, we don't great. have a marketing manager. We don't have a, you know we don't have presentation. In fact, I had to do a formal pitch recently with you know, documents and photos, and we literally didn't have a starting point. Um, I'd much rather you know I don't know if any anyway, I mean, I'm sure most law firms out there have you know had various sort of trainings and things, but years ago I went on a consultative selling course, just sort of demonstrating and building sales through talking about what the needs are and that served me very well we all the team has gone through those kind of courses as well that's been a, you know, an incredibly valuable you know, kind of way of you know getting out into the market and you know and that's also part of the hiring person people who are personable people who can hang out you sometimes win the work through that beer or the coffee or the, the hanging out after the event so you know, you know quite a few clients are friends quite a few come for barbecues quite a few well back in the day before covid um Pre-COVID is the uh, you know one of those worlds. So yeah, and uh, yeah, very lucky, fantastic platform, great brand, a lot of support from Europe. We've uh, you know we've never had to ask or beg. They've always been very supportive. So well, I mean, I assume some people watching now or in the future are going to be like, how do I replicate that? You know, and and it's kind of like when we're looking at marketing budgets for a a smaller firm has to spend a lot more money versus the larger, well-known branded firm doesn't. They you know more effort that has to be because 
they they have a presence. So it's more about maintaining that. So uh, so yeah, very lucky that you but guys are. It, yeah, it is, and it's difficult. And I, you know, and I'm not, it wasn't always that way. When I so I moved here seven years ago, and that first year I moved from a you know I was head of tech, very successful, fantastic practice, and you know there were six months where I thought, oh, you know, I I think I might have made a mistake here. This is tough. <laughs> and then you know lose lose a bit of confidence, sort of think, am I going to get the traction? Confidence is a big thing when you're you know selling and doing well um uh, and you know it built and it built and you know with the partner that was out here at that time phil lee who you know kind of really sort of embraced me and brought me out and sort of built into the network you know it then you know took off but you know there are moments in everyone's careers whether it's you know i remember the financial crash 2007 or 8 where we would just sit around knocking our tables <laughs> wondering what we would do so there's, there's nothing worse than a quiet lawyer gotta be building those hours <laughs> oh, yeah. well yeah sales i mean confidence is, is huge and you know i work with my sales team very closely here and i had a um one of my sales guys called me i think it was might even been today um i get up so early now i don't even know sometimes which day it is but um he called and said hey i was just talking to a, a potential client a law firm and they uh they need their website uh you know translated in other languages languages and you know they asked if we could do that and he's like and i just said yeah we can do that no problem and he, he called me after and said can we do that <laughs> so, <laughs> like yeah we, we can do that but i was like but good answer just yes not a problem we can do that um we'll figure it out for you and, and uh but he was you know he didn't want to have an answer of oh, i don't know so uh you know he took a risk but uh yeah something we can do but yeah confidence you have to have confidence if you don't that's going to show through real quickly so mm-hmm. yeah 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 Ad- advising and yeah and otherwise so and you know ultimately you've got to enjoy it and you've got to be having fun because it's hard work so you know having a having a team where you know although the although the hours put in although sometimes it's painful at the end of the day i actually still enjoy my job so that's uh i'm <laughs> lucky to say it. and i know some people don't but it's uh yeah lucky, lucky to do it so yeah yeah congratulations on that because yeah some people don't enjoy what they do or you know they have some ideas of doing something else and they're just stuck where they are but I, yeah i wake up ready to go every morning and uh run around on the weekend because I can't sit down. But um, so that, that's good for you that you uh, enjoy that and love yeah. what you do. That, that yeah, helps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got you, what you got to do. Or, and then set yourself some incentives. I know in a, in a week's time, I'll be up in the mountains for the weekend. And that's, uh, so I'll, I'll work hard next week, knowing Friday evening, jump in the car, probably arrive there at 1 a.m. But Saturday morning, boom, I'll yeah. be at 8,000 feet and getting into that's the nice. snow. So. <laughs> I will be, uh, so next Friday, I'm leaving half day. Got about a four-hour drive drive and going uh backpacking uh fly fishing um not going to be at that elevation here on the east coast but uh i'll be at like maybe three thousand four thousand feet but at good. the most <laughs> good. But, uh, enjoy is that, it is that gonna be trout yeah. uh yeah like a little teeny like brook, brook trout so yeah. nothing nothing significant but uh still just fun just just piddling and being outside yeah. and packing you know backpacking in uh it's a it's a lot of fun i've got i've got two boys in their teens and uh we were backpacking the last couple of years and we've all we've all been dabbling with a little bit of pole fly fishing um you know uh, just a simple kind of stuff but all all successful and an awful lot of fun just kind of going around um often just oh, yeah. stepping back nothing 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 major but uh it's a you know good to kind of get out in the in the middle of nowhere and even better if you've gone so far there's no signal because That's you right. really can't check your phone <laughs> so. yeah usually where i'm going there's no signal and and i like that so uh if not some of the other guys are like oh look we can get the uh a game on or like basketball or something i'm like nah, 
I'm yeah, not interested. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is okay to turn off. In fact, it's probably good for you. Yes, very much so. Yeah. All right, well, anything else you'd like to share? I will post uh, your website in the comments, um, a way to connect with you as well. Yeah, and... no, thank you, Kevin. I mean, uh, yeah, happy to, uh, you know, if anyone wants to reach out via LinkedIn, always happy to engage, um, you know, knowing people, expanding, knowing other people in other cities when I arrive, um, that kind of thing. So yeah, please, please do get in touch. And I appreciate your questions and time today, Kevin. So thank you. Yeah, and we did have one question actually that came through. Uh, Sean Ragsdale asked this question. Not sure if you have time to answer that, but this was kind of related to what we do here. We obviously do advertising, uh, marketing for law firms. And so this question is relating, uh, I guess, to DRP is what Sean's asking here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I suspect, uh, this, yeah, this is a kind of iOS 14 coming out next week. And uh, yes. Apple, um, so the Apple platform is uh, taking the, uh, the the role of, uh, of sort of privacy custodian. Some might say it's because Apple's looking to build their own ad ecosystem. Others could say because they're interested in end user privacy. But um, the uh, we're seeing a world of nutritional labels for the first time. So if you go onto the app store, scroll, scroll down, just as you look at the side of your uh, cereal packet, you can work out how much sodium and fat you might have. You can now have a look at what that app is using in terms of data consumption and data sharing in a, a small and simplified way. Um, we have been seeing quite a lot of that. Um, some clients struggling to get their apps back on the store and preparing for that, but also realizing that um, it, although they look like rules and it looks like law, it's only Apple's version of the law. So there's some broad interpretation and some difficulties. And you know, I would invite you to go and compare <laughs> some of those larger platforms and look at their nutritional labels and work out whether you think they're even the same kind of companies, um, because the interpretation is very broad. And you know, it's uh, it's the fascinating world uh, that we work in now that almost large platforms can make rules and you know quasi laws, which are almost as problematic as the real law. And you saw it early days with something like PCI standards around credit card processing. Now we're seeing it with privacy and, and own, their own kind of standards. So yeah, I'm beginning to see some of some of that. And I think yeah, that with Facebook and Google deprecation of the third party cookie and maybe moving on to new technologies for authentication and tracking, there's there's quite a shakeup in that that world in, in what is a very, very large ecosystem, right? So I think uh, everybody needs to use you know, individuals with good expertise to navigate some of that because you know, knowing what you're serving, what you're getting uh, getting right and how the data is being used is, is, is one thing. And uh, there's also a little bit of just because you can doesn't mean you should with some of these technologies as well. And you know, kind of kind of treading treading carefully and, uh, and working out how how to use them. But um, yeah, the, the power, power of online, right, Kevin? We've, uh, right. we've all got to adapt and do it. That's probably why I've got no printed materials in this office. Uh, they're a thing of the past. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we have a printer, which we do not use, it, which we are getting rid of. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> don't yeah. Print yeah. I don't print anything. I don't have a printer at my house either. So yeah. Now, see, the only thing is now, now I'm getting older. My eyesight's failing. So uh, printing, it'll, I, it might be a thing again. But uh, I, I've, I said it yesterday. I don't know how to survive lockdown without a great big iPad and a decent Apple Pencil. Because the amount of documents you can sign, highlight, review, read, very, very powerful stuff. So knowing, knowing how to use it and knowing what you've got, it's not just for watching Netflix. Pick it up and try it for other things. Yeah, totally agree. All right, yeah. well, I guess that's all we got for today. And uh, everyone, if you got any questions, reach out uh, with Mark. Connect with him on LinkedIn, Mark Weber. Um, again, I'll, I'll link his uh, profile here in a few minutes in this post. And then, of course, this will be up on our website. It'll be up on our YouTube channel. And uh, Mark, thanks so much for sharing everything with us today. Of course. Uh, very, very interesting stuff. Some things I have not heard. And I don't believe we've had such a, or a, a Europe, Europe-based 
focused law firm on on so very yep. uh, very cool first one maybe the only happy, one i don't know <laughs> happy to contribute uh, uh we've, we've got competition and some good competition so uh, uh just don't don't talk about them come to field fisher <laughs> oh well, well anyone listening or watching of course or any of uh mark's competitors if you need marketing and advertising check out <laughs> or if but you're yeah. bored where you are come talk to us we might be hiring <laughs> yeah or they're hiring but yeah so uh, but check us out at raylaw.com uh, for anything for your law firm websites marketing and advertising we'll help you out mark thanks so much happy friday have a good weekend and we'll talk to you soon thank you very much happy friday see ya